this this hits me right to my core as a um a perpetual number. And I would be mm. the first one to be like, I don't know what relaxing is. I can't figure that out. I don't, what is it that you people keep talking about this whole relaxed state? Because for me, everything was go, 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 go. And what ended up happening is that when I would ask myself or be like, here's a window of opportunity to relax, I would go, okay, I have an hour or I have a half a day or a whole day and I need to relax now. But I had mm-hmm. been, my body was so used to being in stress state that I didn't know how to relax. And so I had to practice that skill. And what ends up, what ended up happening for me for years is because I didn't know how the only thing that would work was to be shut it off completely. So like, okay, so relaxing meant take a drink, relaxing meant get on the phone and scroll relaxing meant like hunkering down in Netflix with a bag of chips, like everything that would make all things go away. The only thing that would stop my brain from thinking about the thousand things that I had to do still. And, or, you know, I was constantly again, ahead of my moment, being mindful and bringing yourself into that space of the now, um, breath work is brilliant for it, but it does take practice mm-hmm. and it takes that trust of like, yes, I'm going to continue to practice this. And some days it'll be great. Some days I'll go sideways and I still trust that it's going to be possible that I can do it without the numbing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the flip out of stress response into a more rest, digest parasympathetic state, um, is what you're aiming for. But if you've never done it before your body is like, I don't, I don't know what you're asking me to do. Right. <laughs> and so even encouraging yourself with different mantras, different affirmations, different thoughts, like talking to your body and be like, this is what we're doing. We're moving into a rest, digest where I'm settling. I'm, you know, depending on your comfort level with what's actually happening biologically, but go ahead and talk to those cells and talk to those hormones and invite all of that in. Number one, it brings you back into the moment. Cool. Mm -hmm. And number two, it has that added effect of acknowledging what it is that you're actually doing so that you can see the benefits moving forward. So that after 15 minutes, you go, Oh, I, I think like I was relaxed there. And it takes much less time to get into that relaxed state when you're doing these practices rather than you know, Netflix and whatever else you're absolutely because, yeah, because all the numbing does is it prepares you to jump back into stress state. That's all it does. Mm-hmm. It, it tricks you into believing that you've rested because you stopped, but it's you like a pause. <laughs> it's a pause. You didn't actually yeah. rest. Those hormones are still flooding your body. Um, you may have passed out out of exhaustion, mm-hmm. um, or chemical induced exhaustion, <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean you've actually rested and done the repair work at that cellular level that needs to happen in order mm-hmm. for you to be handle the next thing. And the next thing, cause by, yeah. there's always another thing like that's yeah. not going to stop. <laughs> right. So I think you're listening to the fix your gut podcast a podcast that empowers you to understand why you have gut issues and what to do about it. After over 20 years of suffering with IBS, migraines, and chronic fatigue, I decided to take matters into my own hands and I became a nutritionist so I could not only heal myself, but heal others that were struggling like me. Odds are you're here because you're stuck. Your doctor couldn't help and you've already tried cutting out foods and probiotics. So now what? You don't have to suffer anymore. You can heal your gut. We're going to go beyond diet and supplements to empower you with the knowledge you need to achieve deep, lasting healing and finally enjoy food again and get your life back. Hi, Dion. Thanks so much for joining me today. 
Thank you, Holly. I am very excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to dive into our topic today, which is, well, many fold, but we're going to talk about um, the things that kind of keep us stuck and keep us from achieving our goals. Um, you know, how they are failure or that, you know, I made, made the same mistake again, or why can I never get this right kind of thing. So we're going to dive a little deeper into what goes on in our brain and why these things, these patterns keep happening and prevent us from kind of moving forward towards our goals. And we're going to talk about goals, both in terms of um, personal and mental, emotional growth, as well as physical health goals, because we know that the body and mind are very much connected and um, you can't heal one without the other. Right. I'm sure you experience <laughs> too. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that, you know, I came across in my journey was the idea that if you're um, mind can make your body sick. So we know that a lot of people, you know, you say you have butterflies in your stomach when you're nervous or whatnot. So if your mind can make your body sick, then your mind also has the power to heal your body. So we're going to dive into a little bit of how we can do that today. Um, maybe we'll start off by kind of introducing you, Dion. So let me bring that up here. <laughs> You're a, a woman of many talents and things, so <laughs> I want to make sure I get this right. Um, so Dion is a life coach and that is motivated by brave, brilliant women in her life and her drive to change the narrative for those who are overwhelmed by the busyness of life and the crazy amount of change that they've been dealing with um, as busy women. So Dion is on a mission to help women end the battle with their inner critic. And for decades, she has spent time and energy and money trying to live into society's shoddy expectations and believing that making others happy would somehow make her happy. And it took a series of breakdowns for her to finally burst through that bull crap. <laughs> um, she spent years feeling overworked and underappreciated, believing that part of our duty as women was to stay put on the back burner of our own lives. So now through her work as a coach, podcaster, author, artist, and if you ask her clients an inner critic whisperer, she inspires busy women like her to take ownership of their lives and finally turn the volume down on their inner critic. And when she's not working, she spends much of her time fully immersed in the joys of family life with her hubby, her two littles, and her fur baby, Penny. And she also feels free to follow her fascinations and use love and laughter into every conversation. Jesus, no wonder we uh, connect in so many ways, Dion. We have a lot in common there. I know, I know. Yay! <laughs> yeah. So I want to kind of dive into this idea of New Year's resolutions and why so many of us tend to not be able to stick with them. I'm not going to use the word fail because it's not mm -hmm. a failure when we stray from the goals that we have set for ourselves. Um, but I think one of the big problems is that people try to achieve these goals strictly out of willpower alone. Mm -hmm. um, so why might that cause problems or have people um, be unable to reach their goals if they take that approach? Um, 
it, the idea of new year's resolution has really sort of stuck in my craw for a long time. And, um, I was never very good at them. Um, and yet I had been setting them for, you know, many years of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. so recently I started to look at like, what the heck is willpower? Like, what does that mean? And it, the idea is that it's about exerting your control to, in order to stop or start something. And I thought a lot about this idea of control because many women that I work with and my friends, me included, we are constantly striving for a sense of control and we Mm -hmm. will exercise sort of, um, energetically and physically, emotionally, and we will do things to regain a sense of control in our lives when chaos takes place or when change is happening, Mm -hmm. whether it's change we've chosen or change that's sort of thrust upon us. And of course the past few years, there's been a lot of change, a lot of chaos. And many of us are like digging our heels in to be like, I just want to feel like I'm in control of something. Mm -hmm. And what's fascinating is the opposite of control isn't lack of control. It's trust. And I Mm. think that, um, when it comes to this idea of willpower or of resolution for many of us, all of a sudden we sort of fall short because what we've actually been doing is, is sort of infusing this resolution with the energy of control, which is a really negative or low vibrational state, mm-hmm. as opposed to trusting ourselves to lean in and live into this new truth. Um, and I think that what I've noticed in myself and with others is it's all founded in um, where we're putting sort of our flashlight of attention. We're focusing on what the stopping or the starting of the thing. Mm-hmm. Don't eat the sugar. Don't drink the drink or walk all the time and work out five days a week for 45 minutes, whatever the thing is. Um, and we lose focus on why, like, why are we doing that? Yeah. What is the great purpose of decreasing the sugar or walking more or whatever it might be? Because when we focus our attention on why, and we really connect to that energy, that positive energy of um, what it will this bring for me in my life? How does this connect to my values, to this greater vision I have for myself? So for, you know, for the clients that um, you work with, you know, improving their gut health is such a huge focus. And yeah. And you can, there's a thousand things you can do to help improve your gut health. And any one of those could have been the resolution, but you can lose focus if, um, and you can procrastinate and find yourself in a self-sabotage state, really beating Mm -hmm. yourself up (laughs) over, you know, breaking this new thing, this resolution. But if you stay focused on like why you're doing it, it almost gives you permission to reconnect and go, well, the why hasn't changed. So I can dive back in. And I think another thing that can be really powerful is acknowledging that there are probably a hundred things you can do to support that why. And along with the thing that you're working towards Mm -hmm. and every time you lean into any of those things and you acknowledge sort of bring into your sort of conscious awareness, you, you celebrate like, yeah, okay. And I shared with you an example because this actually happened to me today. Okay. So yeah, I ate three mini chocolate bars for lunch today. So my whole like (laughs) decrease sugar thing out the window, but you know what else I did? I drank water, two of my jugs that I had set aside that are special for the water. And I had a great walk today and I've had a great chat. I had a lot of good laughs. Mm -hmm. I have taken time to sit and, and reflect. Those are all wins. And those all actually support my gut health along with the sugar. So Mm -hmm. tomorrow, or even an hour from now, when I'm thinking about myself 
when I'm thinking about my value, when I'm thinking about whether or not I've stuck to it, I can focus on, yeah, I did all those things to support my why, to support my big reason. And because it's your why for a lot of people that I work with, your why is um, mental health and like brain power and focus. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about the physical, like eating the fiber and reducing the sugar. Like you're saying, all these other things also support your mental, (laughs) mental wellness and brain power too. Right. So absolutely. And, you know, and like we were saying, there's not a lot of, um, like immediate gratification that comes from eating the fiber or from drinking the water or from (laughs) not eating the chocolate. Right. And so how do you build um, on and acknowledge, like we have a reward system. Our brain does like those hits of like, yay me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so absolutely. And so you can actually design the system to build in those self-rewards by choosing to acknowledge that you've done, look at all the things I did. Oh my God, this is so great. <laughs> and then when you acknowledge more of what it is that you are doing and how it is aligned with what you want, you'll actually get to see your results faster. If you're focusing Mm -hmm. on how you're breaking the resolution, how you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you'll miss the slight increase in clarity. You'll miss the moment of like calmness while making a decision. You'll miss those pieces because you're so focused on and so sort of immersed in the belief that you're effing up. Yeah. So, you know, this is, I believe that in order to shift behavior, create new habits to step into this state, um, where you're changing the, the first thing you need to do is change what you believe. So if you believe you're the, you're the one that breaks resolutions, if you believe that you're the one that has a problem with the sugar, or you have always done it this way, you breaking through and sort of getting clear on what is it that I actually believe about myself? And mm-hmm. do I believe that it's possible for me to experience this joy, this, this, um, this new way of being, because if you don't believe that it's possible, if you don't believe that you're worthy of the greatness, that's on the other side of, you know, positive gut health, mm-hmm. then you, you're never going to get it because part of our design as human beings is that we will always, always do things that honor what it is that we believe in order to yeah. make our beliefs true no matter mm-hmm. what those are proving ourselves <laughs> right. It's like, see, that always happens to me. I told you so. Always, like, always. Yeah. <laughs> always in the never let's aim yes. for the middle ground. <laughs> yeah. So I think you're talking about kind of like, um, when you're trying to counteract those existing, you know, negative beliefs about the self, it almost feels like you're an imposter syndrome. Like it feels wrong. Mm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, I, the inner critic whisperer, and I, I do <laughs> think that title is pretty funny, but anyway, the idea of an inner critic, we, we all have that voice in our head that is like, see, I told you, you couldn't do it. You're, you're not enough. You're not good enough. You I mean, the words vary, but the sentiment is always the same. Mm-hmm. When you hear that, recognize that the inner critic's job is as a belief guardian. So its entire purpose is to defend the belief systems that you have that that are sort of driving you at an unconscious Mm -hmm. level. So you may not be fully aware that you believe that you're not worthy or that you believe that you can't or that that's not made for you or that's not what women do or that's not what a mom does or whatever it might be. But know that that inner critic is doing everything in its power to make your beliefs true. 
Mm-hmm. And when you do anything that is steps outside of your current belief system. So if you believe that, you know, I'm the one that always eats chocolate for lunch and all of a sudden you had a salad, you actually might trigger the imposter syndrome. You'll trigger yeah. that sense of falseness of fake. Like that's, mm-hmm. I'm doing something that's not correct. Um, and I, I think that's fascinating. What's interesting is if you were to be sort of mindful in that moment, if you could be an observer of yourself having this sort of experience kind of going, huh, fascinating that I'm doing the thing that I have, that I know, or I've decided, or I'm choosing to move me sort of forward or in alignment with my values. I know it's going to take me to a space of, of peace and calm and happiness, mm-hmm. yet it feels wrong. It feels hard. It feels like uncomfortable. And recognizing what's, oh, well, that's just the way that the mind works and protecting a current belief system. So you may not uncover the specific belief that you're running, but you can decide on new ones. I am the one who enjoys this. Mm I am the one who practices this. I am the one who honors this. I believe I am in choosing to finish those sentences with words, affirmations, ideas that are high vibrational that are filled with love or fueled mm-hmm. by love or run through the lens of love and, and joy. So I'm the one who relaxes every day comfortably without numbing, but comfortably just a, a sense of peace and calm. And you, you know, the affirmations work for a reason and it isn't because it's just the, just the repetition, but it's really about installing new belief systems that your guardian of beliefs gets to run with Mm -hmm. because the, the, the inner critic that you hear is the guardian of your beliefs, but the beliefs that you're running are low vibration. So your inner critic has a low vibrational feel to it. It's negative. It's filled with shame and pain and fear. But if your belief systems are more high vibrational, they're focused on potential and possibility and embodiment of strength and vulnerability. Then the voice you hear in your head is that high vibrational voice of like, yeah, I can do that. I love myself. Mm-hmm. I'm fantastic. I ate those chocolate bars and that's fine. I'm still fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it changes the narrative. So that's really what you're doing when you want to be stepping into a new habit, a new space. If you, you know, like, yes, tired of that old way. Fine. That sucked. But what is it that I do want? I'm going to, and this is why I want it. And this is the environment that I'm, that I'm creating so that I can achieve it. Um, the other thing that I, um, your stomach has been killing you. So you finally get to see your doctor. They do all these tests and then they tell you there's nothing wrong. It's IBS, except IBS isn't really a thing. It's what they tell you when they can't figure out what's wrong but there is something wrong. Of course there is. You feel like crap. So how upsetting is it to be told there's nothing wrong, to be dismissed, to be given no explanation for your symptoms, to be told it's just IBS and there's no cure. When it happened to me, I cried. And every time I saw another specialist and got told the same thing, I cried again. No one understood. I just couldn't keep living like this. I've seen this in every single one of my clients. They're frustrated, they're overwhelmed, they feel like they've tried everything. Gluten-free, low FODMAP, low carb, low sugar. Sure, some of them helped a bit, but now they're feeling stuck with these symptoms and they just can't seem to feel better. 
And with every client, I used the same four-step protocol. And every time, they got better. And why is that? Because we treated the root causes. And most importantly, we made it enjoyable so they could still eat their favorite foods. So the question is, are you ready to give up Dr. Google and try something totally different? Are you ready to prioritize your health? Are you willing to not just change your diet, but your mindset and your lifestyle too? Then you're ready to join us inside the Fix Your Gut formula. I created this four-step roadmap to complete gut health transformation because I wanted to empower as many women as possible. So I decided to create this program as a mini course and support group for only a fraction of the price of a single appointment with me. Want to learn more? Head to the link in the show notes. Felt the way that a good friend or like a loving you know, person mm-hmm. in your life would talk to you. So if you mm-hmm. catch yourself beating yourself up and be like, oh, I can't believe you failed again. Like, would you say that to a good friend or would a good friend say that to you? Probably not. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. switching I, that. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I've, I've even had some clients and like, okay, so we're going to take a picture of your best friend and we're going to slap that picture right on your life. Right. So really like the words that you're going to be speaking those are the words that you would say to someone you care about. So whether it's your friend or a loved one, but someone who you care deeply about and, and revere and, and, and really have a sense of connection and love for, again, using Mm -hmm. that lens of love in order to determine what words you're going to use, what actions you're going to take. And so the, the habit of having the inner critic be the voice, having those low vibrational statements run through your mind, it's just a habit. Yeah. And so the first habit that you want to be shifting when you're trying to do anything, decrease the sugar, increase the water or whatever should be the habit of self-love and Mm -hmm. of prioritizing and acknowledging your value and your inherent worth. You were born on this planet. You breathe air. You are worthy of every ounce of love, um, every joy of that. So that every breath is a positive one. You are worthy of that just by being here. And the conditioning that we've received for generations about what we need to do to prove our worth, that's what's layering into all of these beliefs of the, well, I'm not worthy because I haven't worked hard enough. I haven't done enough. I don't make enough, blah, 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 not enough things on the wall, whatever it might be, knowing that those are the things that are kind of driving the bus right now. And whether or not you, again, that you can articulate them specifically, if if what you hear in your head is all that negative self-talk, then know that it's because it's being fueled by beliefs that are very low vibration. Mm-hmm. And, and my thing is, unless you're a child, you're a grown up listening to this podcast, you get to decide whatever you want to believe. That's it. It's empowering. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like your mom might've thought this, your dad might've thought that the generations are coming behind you. Now I'm not saying it's like easy, it still does take the work, but it is a choice. Mm-hmm. So when, when the, you perceive choice, you are immediately empowered. Like you're the one with all the, all the, the ability to make a difference. You're so driving you the bus. <laughs> that's right. If you don't like the inner critic chirping all day long, then know that you're the one allowing it to stick around because you mm-hmm. haven't done the work to change the belief systems that it's defending. Yeah. Let's dive into doing the work and how we (laughs) connect with these things. So one of the things that I found in my practice in particular is 
you know, when I bring up some of these ideas for people to um, be more present or mindful and or I need them to tell me how they're feeling when they do certain things, it seems to me that they're not very in tune with their body and their feelings. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. a lot of our society, because we're so externally focused, we tend to numb our feelings. We tend to always turn outward and not spend enough time looking inward. So, or being mm -hmm. in that present moment, we're always, you know, we have that anxiety because we're always looking to the future. Like, what do I have to do tonight? What do I have to do tomorrow? Like, is, you know, am I on track for my 401k or whatever it is? <laughs> like, you're always in that positive or, or in the past, living in the past, replaying negative things, right? So we're very rarely present and able to tune into like how our body is feeling when we do certain things or, you know, like you were saying about this inner critic, like a lot of people can't even have the, the presence to realize what's going on in their mind. So part of that is dropping out of your head and into your body mm -hmm. with some of the practices like um, deep belly breathing or like um, meditation. But I feel like a lot of these things feel inaccessible to many people. When I bring them up, they're often you know, like, oh, I've wanted to try that, but, you know, I don't know where to start or I've tried it once before. And I found that, you know, I was trying to meditate, but my brain just wouldn't shut off. And they seem to come up with all these excuses or reasons why it doesn't work for them. So right. what would you say to someone that's talking? Well, about I absolutely. And, you know, I spent most of my life thinking that the inner critic was my only voice. I didn't know, you know, like I was like so many women, I had no distinction between me and this negative self-talk. I just, that's all their self-talk there was. Mm. And was, and it wasn't until I was able to start to separate that I started to make a difference. And so I can appreciate what it's like for so many that busy going, doing constantly, either whether it's achieving or, you know, focused on productivity or taking care of people. It's mm -hmm. a, your body gets so it's such a habit. So not only do we have habits where, you know, it's in our mind and we're doing these things, your body develops muscle memory around state. So if you're constantly in a heightened stress state, then it's, that's the, that's the place it wants to be. So depending on how old you are, you may or may not remember this sort of analogy of women who um, wore high heels to work every single day. And then all of a sudden changed jobs and they, we didn't have to wear high heels anymore. Couldn't not wear high heels because their calf muscles had shrunk to accommodate the constant oh, wow. repetitive shape that yeah. their body was holding. So things like people with anxiety, me included, stress and constant overload of, of stress hormones and stress chemicals will cause your body shape to lean forward. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're leaning forward. Think about it. You're trying to get to the future faster. So uh, you're constantly yeah. leaning. Now, when you create muscle memory and muscle tone around this habit of constantly being in the future. When you try to not do those things, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to, it's like that woman trying to put her foot down on the ground. She can't do it. She's got to put her high heel back on. Right. And so we will re-engage into that stress state by moving our bodies into that hunch space. And it will tell our brains we're stressed. And so relaxing becomes extremely challenging and you get the <laughs> monkey mind and the shoulda, should, 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 like God forbid you sit down for five minutes. Cause then you'll run through your to-do list. Like nobody's business, right? It's because what you've done, your body has activated your mind to be in stress state because you have taken stress shape. Mm -hmm. So all of the practices, deep 
belly breathing, the breath work, the yoga, the meditation, the, the, you know, the sort of that expansive movement, anything that gets you out of that state, um, is beneficial, but it's going to be super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you don't have a habit of doing it yet. I often say to people, I'm like, I would ask them, do you just, can you speak Mandarin? They say, no, I'm like, cool, speak Mandarin now. And they're like, I, I can't Right. Because you haven't learned how. And if you really wanted to speak Mandarin, you would take the time to learn it. Will it be uncomfortable? Yes. Will you feel not so smart? Yes. Will you challenge yourself and everything about you? Yes. But if it mattered to you, if you were focused on your why, if it was crucial, if it was life or death, if it meant something for your children, it meant something for your family, meant something for people that mattered to you, would Mm -hmm. you go through it? Yes. Okay, cool. So you're willing to be uncomfortable to get something good. That's the, that's the belief that you have to be running when you're doing any of this self-work. So you have to put yourself in a position of like, I'm worthy of this time, of this energy, of this discomfort that is short-term so that I can maximize the joy and the happiness and the elation that I'm deserving in the long-term. Yeah. I think we were talking a bit about journaling earlier and how, um, I think part of the block for people that um, say that they can't do it, for example, it's um, one of the reasons I would say from what I've seen is that they're scared of what they might encounter when they start digging deep. So Mm -hmm. if it brings up a lot of negative emotions or things from their past, they're they're worried that the pain floodgates are going to open and they're just going to feel endless pain and be crying all the time and not be able to function in their life. But the reality is, you have that pain because you haven't addressed it. And once you release it, and it's usually quite short-term, depending on what you're working on, mm-hmm. the pain stops. Like the pain is your body, whether it's emotional, or physical, your the pain is your body wanting you to pay attention and to address it and to move through it rather than suppress it. Right. Absolutely. Someone yeah. once told me pain um, is pay attention in the now. And oh, I like that. <laughs> and I think too, like with what we were talking about, about sort of um, acknowledging all the things that you can do that lead you towards that goal. So journaling is definitely one of those things. And of course that comes up for me as I uh, help people learn how to journal is they're like, oh, I know it's great, but I just can't seem to do it. Or, and inside of that is a fear of like, I, if I do do it, I'm not worthy or good enough to get the results that everybody else gets, mm-hmm. or I'm going to open a floodgate that I will not be able to turn off. And acknowledging that journaling is just one element, one way to start to encourage and train your body to process the discomfort of being in stress state all the time. So in combination with walking, stretching, breathing, laughing, movement, right? All of those pieces. And when you actually acknowledge that those things are all interconnected, it actually tells your body and your mind, oh, we're going, we're amplifying this one thing. It creates a deeper, more sort of robust neural network in your brain. Like it actually fortifies all of the work that you're doing. So mm-hmm. it becomes less uncomfortable. The fear start to starts to subside. And it really, again, comes down to, do you believe, do you trust in this process enough? Do you trust that you doing this work, all the bits and pieces of it is going to move you to where it is that you want to go. And you have to believe that that's possible in mm-hmm. order to, to, to make any of it work. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, one of the things that I like to talk to clients about is this whole mind body connection. And from my own personal journey, um, 
you know, having anxiety and depression, um, but in, for this example, like anxiety, um, having it manifest as migraines and jaw tension and um, chronic headaches and aches and pains like muscle pain, um, that it's almost to the point where that was my body telling me like you need to pay attention and you weren't paying attention when you were having anxiety itself. But now that we've manifested all these physical symptoms that are interfering with your life and your ability to do your work and show up and, and do all the things you need to do. Now mm -hmm. you're finally paying attention and now you're going to do something about it. So um, mm -hmm. I think people being aware that there's even just being aware of that connection helps you understand. Oh, okay. So it's not just, you know, why am I having these symptoms all of a sudden and getting mad at your body or, you know, I thought I was doing everything right. Why am I suddenly having all these headaches, understanding right. that connection and that it goes both ways too. So the more we work on our anxiety levels, the less pain and the less headaches we're going to have, or the more we um, work on our gut health, for example, the less pain and headaches we're going to have that whole bi-directional connection is so important. Absolutely. And, you know, I think society as a whole, we're so conditioned to focus on the manifesting problem. So we're focusing on the headache and mm -hmm. then doing all the things to make the headache go away now. Right. So relieve the pain, immediate gratification um, without getting to the underlying root. Right. So your body will then develop a habit that we need to get to a headache before she does anything. Mm -hmm. So you'll, you'll go from, or, you know, someone like who suffers from IBS, like we need to go to full on incapacitation when there's this much stress, you can't see this, but a very small amount of stress <laughs> because yeah. your body has now become conditioned that that's the only response that gets any action. Mm -hmm. So you, to be able to go back to that root of like, what is it that's then triggering this sort of manifested response and then it creating pain. Yes. Pay attention to the pain. In once you've subsided that pain, like go all the way back so that you can not just prevent the headache, but prevent everything that's led up to that. So like you said, addressing the anxiety specifically, not the fact that you get anxiety driven headaches. Right. Yeah. And one of the things I want to circle back on before we end off today is um, the idea of relaxation and what that means for people and why some people are very uncomfortable with that. And mm -hmm. the fact that a lot of us feel that we almost have to numb ourselves into relaxation, whether that's alcohol or scrolling or TV or uh, drugs, whatever it is in order to, you know, we think we're relaxing, but really just numbing. So yeah. what have you, what are your oh, thoughts on that? This, this hits me right to my core as a, um, a perpetual number. And I would be mm. the first one to be like, I don't know what relaxing is. I can't figure that out. I don't, what is it that you people keep talking about this whole relaxed state? Because for me, everything was go, 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 go. And what ended up happening is that when I would ask myself or be like, here's a window of opportunity to relax, I would go, okay, I have an hour or I have a half a day or a whole day and I need to relax now. But I had mm -hmm. been, my body was so used to being in stress state that I didn't know how to relax. And so I had to practice that skill. And what ends up, what ended up happening for me for years is because I didn't know how the only thing that would work was to be shut it off completely. So like, mm -hmm. okay, so relaxing meant take a drink, relaxing meant get on the phone and scroll relaxing meant like hunkering down in Netflix with a bag of chips, like everything yeah. that would make all things go away the only thing that would stop my brain from thinking about the thousand things that I had to do still. And, or, you know, I was constantly again, ahead of my moment. 
being mindful and bringing yourself into that space of the now, um, breath work is brilliant for it, but it does take practice Mm -hmm. and it takes that trust of like, yes, I'm going to continue to practice this. And some days it'll be great. Some days I'll go sideways and I still trust that it's going to be possible that I can do it without the numbing. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the, the flip out of stress response into a more rest, digest parasympathetic state, um, is what you're aiming for. But if you've never done it before your body is like, I don't, I don't know what you're asking me to do. Right. Here. <laughs> and so even encouraging yourself with different mantras, different affirmations, different thoughts, like talking to your body and be like, this is what we're doing. We're moving into a rest digest where I'm settling. I'm, you know, depending on your comfort level with what's actually happening biologically, but go ahead and talk to those cells and talk to those hormones and invite all of that in. Number one, it brings you back into the moment. Cool. Mm -hmm. And number two, it has that added effect of acknowledging what it is that you're actually doing so that you can see the benefits moving forward. So that after 15 minutes, you go, Oh, I, I think like I was relaxed there. And it takes much less time to get into that relaxed state when you're doing these practices rather than you know, Netflix and whatever else you're absolutely because yeah. Cause all the numbing does is it prepares you to jump back into stress state. That's all it does. Mm-hmm. It it tricks you into believing that you've rested because you stopped, but you like a pause. It's a pause. You didn't actually <laughs> yeah. rest. Those hormones are still flooding your body. Um, you may have passed out out of exhaustion mm-hmm. um, or chemical induced exhaustion, <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean you've actually rested and done the repair work at that cellular level that needs to happen in order mm-hmm. for you to be handle the next thing and the next thing. Cause but yeah. there's always another thing like that's yeah. not going to stop. <laughs> right. So I think the important thing too, with these practices is to really just trial and error, like experiment and see what works for you because you know, some people may not like meditation, even if they've tried it many times and that's okay. Like do mm-hmm. what works for you. If, if going for a walk in nature with no distractions, no phone, but just yeah. walking is what works for you or, you know, stretching with some calming music, like just finding what works for you and, and using that as your tool to really get into that relaxed state. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think what's important is that you, you have a, like a, something you're heading towards to, so to know if it works for you, you have to know what that looks like. So to visualize what it is that you're trying to create so that, you know, when you get there, right. Mm-hmm. So if meditation, you're going to try it and go, well, I don't know if it worked for me because I, you, your only point of reference is to push away from pain. You want to focus on what the joy feels like. And even if you haven't experienced it yet, you want to create that vision, create that visual so that you're actually working towards stepping into that state so that, you know, when you got there and the other thing I think is the other thing I think is extremely crucial is the community you surround yourself with. And I'm not saying you have to be in a whole bunch of groups or you have to be Mm -hmm. with a bunch of people, but be really, really particular and cognizant and, and intentional about the environment you're surrounding yourself in. So, you know, you want to be in a community of people who are also focusing on their why, who are focusing on achieving the goal for a purpose, for a reason, for more joy, calm, and relaxation. So that you can say, I tried meditation and it didn't work. So I'm going to try the walk. And then this is what I found. And so that you feel more support as opposed to someone who is so gravitated to that control state of like, I just do my meditation and then I, this is what I do. And this is how I do it. And this is, this is the thing that works and everybody Mm -hmm. needs to be doing this. Mm. You want to support or surround yourself with support that really, again, aligns with who you are, how you operate, 
what you believe and what it is that you want more of in your life. Yes. Awesome. So much wisdom today, Dion. Thank you so much. <laughs> Do you want to share us where we can find you online? Absolutely. So you will find me at DionThompson.com. There's no P there. Of course, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I have uh, some opportunities for some fun free stuff. So feel free to check that out. You can follow my link on Insta for that. Um, look forward to chatting with anybody who wants a little inner critic whispering. <laughs> <laughs> we could all use some of that, especially these days, I think. <laughs> Thanks again, Dion. That's it for me. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I hope you found it helpful and make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes. If you really love the show, be sure to share the episode on social or leave a rating and review in your podcast app. If you're a longtime listener, you know what's up. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Fix Your Gut podcast with more science-based, digestible strategies for root cause gut healing so you can get your life back and enjoy food again. Chat soon.